Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is a Available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Welcome to Crack and Roll Open with Mike and Elise. And on this episode, we'll be drinking our favorite beverage, beer. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say, how do you know is this Coca-Cola. is Coca-Cola? <laughs> True. But beer's a close second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my microphone is acting funky. Okay. I think I've got it back on track. <laughs> uh, how do I know we're drinking beer? I don't. I have no idea what we're drinking. This. Oh, wait. I have an idea of what I know the brewery we're drinking from. This it's week. true. So that is the only thing I know because <laughs> I peeked on that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but other than that, no, I don't know what we're drinking. Mm-hmm. I know the brewery and I know that the can has some blue on it and that's it. And I might be misremembering. Oh, yes, you are misremembering. And I'm glad that you didn't see what's on the can because I think you're going to be excited by it. Ooh, cool. All right, so this week we are cracking open Flightless Wonder, an IPA from Foundation Brewing Company, which is located in Portland, Maine. So, do I know what I think is on this can? I don't know. Oh, if it's what hold, I think, hold it is, your I'm thoughts. Be very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know you will be. So, a little bit about Foundation. They say, "quote Until you find your calling, you don't know what you're missing, and from the moment you do, it's hard to think of anything else." Foundation Brewing Company is the story of what can happen when you follow that calling, pushing past the easy appeal of everything safe, solid, and sure to pursue the promise and perils of passion. End quote. They started with decades of homebrewing experience combined with the unyielding drive of brewing geeks captivated by the science of beer, intent on the pursuit of distinct flavors, and disciplined in efforts to document what we learned. That was very wordy, but... Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well said. So since the creation of the brewery, they say they have grown carefully. They open their doors to who they call curious bureau files, (laughs) taking the time to listen, share new recipes, gain new insights and test new ideas in a perpetual pursuit of the next great recipe. Can I just say that having the door open for uh, discerning bureau files Mm -hmm. sounds to me like they have like a door kind of semi semi propped open in the back of their store (laughs) and people in like uh, oversized hoodies and sunglasses 
kind of sneak into the back door looking both <laughs> ways when I come in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all that was to say that their focus is on getting better, not getting bigger. And to that point, uh, they have a fairly small distribution spread, which has actually grown by a few states since we covered Burnside, the brown ale, last summer. Um, but they're still mostly in the Northeast. I'm talking Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and then Michigan. <laughs> you go where uh, you go where you go. You go where you go. That's, uh, that's how I think Two Roads did it as well. Yeah, just like wherever they could. Wherever they could. Yeah, it'd be random states. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, oh, yeah, connects. Okay, that makes sense. It's flowing. It's flowing. And they missed five states or six states. So it's just like, <laughs> oh, we're California, but you missed the rest of the contiguous United States. Oh, well, yeah. whatever. <laughs> well, it's okay. So sneak peek. It's a very similar situation with the beer that we will be covering next week, where they're a lot in the Northeast and then like random Midwest states as well. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe it's just how things work out, how they shake out. Uh, so when we featured Foundation last year. Like I said, we were talking about Burnside, their English style brown ale. So Joel and John, who are the recipe developer slash business development manager and the head brewer, respectively, explain that even though they have a deep love of saisons, which is evident in the focus of the brewery, they also share a fondness for well-done traditional British style ales as well. Ooh. John had spent a good amount of time traveling in the UK with his wife and even lived there for a short time. So that really fueled his appreciation for them, which is why I'm very intrigued why they chose to do an IPA featuring exclusively New Zealand hops. So let's talk about the beer. Flightless Wonder, which clocks in at 6.1% ABV, was dry hopped exclusively with Nelson Salvin and Motueka two hop varieties native to New Zealand. It has notes of fresh lime, white grate, and apricot. They also used Pilsner malts, oats, and wheat malt. So Flightless Wonder actually debuted first um, last August of 2020, and Foundation said, quote, Imagine waves of fresh lime juice carrying notes of white grate and apricot. Reminiscent of an ice-cold limeade push pop from the ice cream truck, it hits all the right notes on a hot summer day. Needless to say, I am quite excited about this. That does sound pretty good. Yeah. Uh, But first, the hops. First, we've got Nelson Salvin, which was developed in the Nelson region of New Zealand and released in 2000. And while it has actually been very popular among craft breweries and home brewers for its eccentric characteristics, it's still a little too weird to find its place in big beer. Nelson Salvin's name is derived from the Sauvignon Blanc wine grape that this hop reminds so many people of in its similar flavor and aroma. Nelson Salvin hops are described as rich and fruity with flavors of white wine, duh, (laughs) crushed gooseberry, lychee, passion fruit, and whispers of melon. Whispers. (laughs) It can also be mildly peppery. It's popular in American style pale ales, but it's apparently a hop that you need to work with very carefully. A few of my hop resources uh, stated specifically that it requires prudent and discerning application in brewing. 
but they didn't explain why. A few of my hop resources under condition of anonymity. Have said that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's listen. You didn't hear this from me, man. But you got to be careful with those apps. <laughs> hop Steiner Kegerator. They're they're not hard to find, um, but they are like really good resources. To be fair. So I'm going to make an educated guess that it has something to do with having a complex oil profile and that it's one of those hops that will give you like an off flavor if you don't use it just right. Like the cat food one or whatever. Cat pee one. Cat pee one. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really weird and gross off flavors that they categorize with like, yeah, nasty stuff. Um, Now we've got (laughs) Motueka which we've talked about uh, quite a bit lately. Mm-hmm. And I don't even care because it's so good. <laughs> so Motueka is considered New Zealand's version of a noble hop. It's a cross between Saz and two other New Zealand varieties, making this hop a triploid or seedless hop. While New Zealand was experimenting with breeding this hop, a Belgian brewery also started using it and called it Belgian Saz or B-Saz, but to avoid confusion, now it's just called Motueka. It is New Zealand's second most popular hop behind Nelson Salvin, uh, which I, I feel like I've mentioned before, but I can't remember which episode. Uh, I believe you mentioned it before as well on an episode where there were both of these hops in it as well. Yeah. But it was one where there was more than just these two hops. Yeah. Um. I, well, I mean, yeah, when it comes to if you're using more than one New Zealand hop, I feel like these two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, so on the nose, Motueka on the nose as our third co-host licks your nose. <laughs> licks my nose. <laughs> Motueka it's a very lickable nose. <laughs> has a bright um, and lively citrus quality of lemon and lime, along with some tropical, floral, and stone fruits. But the tropical fruit comes through more prominently in its flavor, along with the floral and spicy or herbal notes like rosemary and basil, which I don't, I feel like we haven't really gotten those. They're very like delicate herbal notes. I don't remember picking up on those before. No, I, I do recall you describing them before, but yeah, Yeah. it's, I don't think we're ever going to get rosemary. Well, maybe the rosemary, but I would doubt maybe the basil. Yeah. Rosemary seems is a stronger uh, herb usually. So yeah. I, I I yearn for the days that we get that because that would be a very interesting beer with those kind of notes on it. And I also wonder, like, are people getting these notes from beers or from smelling the hops themselves or maybe like tasting the hops themselves? I feel like my guess would be the hops. Yeah. So it's going to be inevitably lost among multiple hops plus malts plus wheat or oat or whatever else is in the right. beer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, the, the, the wheat and the oat, you know, thinking about it, trying to like phantom taste it in my mouth mm-hmm. would kind of really go along with basil and rosemary really well, but also in the, in a way that would really kind of cancel out those, those tastes. Yeah. Or at least a lot of it to the point a where lot of- when you add more in, that fruity hop flavor, it would go away. Yeah. Although it would be an interesting beer that tastes like spices you would put on your Italian food dishes. Probably not good. But Probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> but let's uh, let's hopefully have a good beer. You Ooh. ready to crack this open? Yeah, I am. All right, let's go. 
All right. Here we go. Are you ready to crack? Woo. Wow. Mine cracked deep, like a base. It smells really weird. Not not a bad way, but a very interesting way. No, I'm yeah, I'm getting a well, I'm getting a lot of the New Zealand type notes that I would expect right off the top, but directly from the can, it's hard to tell. I think I got a lot of the Nelson Seven because I think it's saying like grapey. Maybe it was basil. No, it was (laughs) (laughs) no, no, no. It was rosemary. It is much lighter than I thought it would be. It is bubbly. Bubbly. It's also a little, no, that's about as hazy as I think most Nelson Savin things have been. Yeah. I've got. It does say something about sediment on the can. Uh, It looks like just a little bit of sediment. I'm all right with it. I'll buy it. Yeah. Getting, yeah, like the grape notes and apricot right off the nose. Oh, yeah. Heavy apricot. And lime. Yeah. Not so much lemon. Citrusiness. Yeah. Like a tropical. Yeah. Yeah. A little limey. All right. I'm diving in. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, that's so smooth. Very smooth. Lightly carbonated. Oh, super limey. Okay. I think it's super grapey in a good way. I think that grape, lime, and apricot are really coming through strong. I think that savonness is really something I can smell a lot of mm-hmm. and taste a lot of. I wish for once that we would get the the lychee notes that they say comes with the Nelson Salvin. I think I do a little bit. I think it's not yeah. entirely grapey. I think there is a little lychee-ness to it. But again, I don't think either of us are really super in tune with lychee, although we like it. We haven't yeah, had enough. That's true. Um, I, uh, I miss But I do that. think there's that weird kind of round sweetness that comes with a lychee berry. Mm-hmm. You miss the lychee martinis from the uh, Asian, Asian fusion yeah, place we used the to go to? Asian 10 bistro or something, yep. whatever it was. Oh. Asian, yeah. Did a lychee martini that was really good with a lychee Fantastic. in it. Fantastic. Um, but I think I get a little bit of that because it's not just grape. It's not just, there are a lot of times we have the Nelson Savin heavy beers mm-hmm. and they do taste like, uh, almost like a Sauvignon Blanc wine. Yeah. The the one um, from two, uh, the two not roads, two roads, Tribus. Uh, the two roads sour was very much like a sour. Oh wine. yeah, yep. Um, the Tribus seven was is absolutely trying to be a wine mm-hmm. as a beer, which is God, that was so perfect. good. Perfect, it was really good. Not my favorite, but definitely up your alley. But I really enjoyed it. It was mm-hmm. really refreshing. This I feel is a little different because it is, I think, maybe a little bit more lychee. Whether that be because of the, uh, the help of the Motueka or the mm-hmm. just the way it was made. Yeah. Malts and stuff. It does have a little bit more of a lychee leaning kind of than just straight up, hey, this is your Sauvignon Blanc wine in a beer. Yeah. Because I don't, I get some Savin notes that I'm used to, but I don't think this is like a beer wine like I normally do when we have these. Mm-hmm. But it's also not hidden completely like the last couple where we had where the Nelson Savin was mixed with like three or four other hops. Very true. But man. Um, this is smooth and refreshing. Very refreshing and light. This is a great dog days of summer beer because you're still outside. It's still hot. It's still warm. It's yeah. still nice. Chill outside and drink drink a glass of this. And that's it. That's exactly what they said on a hot summer day. Yeah. This is great for a hot summer day. This was, did this come in a six pack or a four pack? Four pack. Four pack. 
I would absolutely the next the next one I have will absolutely be out on the deck. Chilling yeah. On the tiki deck. Yeah. Because this is exactly what this is for. I wish it wasn't the end. Like, well, it's not the end of summer. Mid mid September is not the end of summer. But oh man, I wish we had this earlier in the summer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Damn, this is good. <laughs> really, really good. And it's six point what one you said? Six point one. Six point one. So it's right there. Not too high. Yeah. Well, not as low as maybe you'd want a super simple not like beer, but crushable. But yeah, right there, right in the cusp. Yeah, as crushable as you can be without being crushable. Yeah, I, I could, think, I it, could absolutely pound two of these. Oh, out I could on the have deck. two of these. Yeah, yeah. but it's not like little heaven where you can just keep you going. Gotta keep track of them because you go, <laughs> whoa, wait. <laughs> oh my god, how many cans have I had? <laughs> yeah, anything with a little at the top of it is like. <sighs> Oh man, whatever happened to Lil Tug from Thimble? I don't know if they're still doing that. They didn't. It didn't come out this year. Maybe I don't because think. they have Hero Pilsner, so they're thinking that's their easy drinking. Ah, but they it's might be separating it like that. I know it's not the same, but it's that's not, not the might same. be how they separate it. Lil Listen, Tug you, was, but you love Hero Pilsner, so I do. <laughs> but Lil Tug is a different animal. No, I know Lil Tug is great, but I think I think Lil Tug and Lil Heaven are right there. Yeah. Next yeah. to each other in quality Similar. and, and similarities. Mm-hmm. So, look the the difference to me is the the pepperiness of Lil Tug that threw us both off at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a little different. And then we've had a few we've had a few sessions that I really like as well. Yeah. Not just from those two, but otherwise sessions are just really good beers. They're just mm-hmm. really easy drinking beers mm-hmm. because they're not trying to be overly complicated i feel yeah not it's not to like you, too much yeah you're not sipping it and going mm, what am i tasting you know it, it's you're sitting around uh, a table with friends just drinking beer and socializing oh, it's a little sour it's a little not sour it's a little bitter so if you don't like super sweet or super boring or super odie like a mexican pilsner which are also fantastic mm-hmm. or mexican lager but you know, you drink the the sessions and it's just like, oh, yes, it's just bitter hops and wheat. Yeah. And you don't have to go crazy. It's not like overly complicated. It exactly hits the levels it's supposed to in a nice, refreshing way. Yeah. It's the the soda of beers. It's just you keep, you know, throwing it back <laughs> yep. and enjoying it. But has more of a complexity than maybe some other beers. Oh, yeah. Then you go more complex and you hit these. Mm. still super drinkable still super refreshing yes a little bit more like bread in the glass but it's still very good <laughs> mm. love it would you like to talk about the can i would love to talk about the can <laughs> so the can is not a dodo bird which is really what i was hoping for when you were like oh you're gonna like it <laughs> a little disappointed but it's an adorable little kiwi bird because it's New Zealand. If you don't know what a kiwi bird is, uh, look up kiwi bird and then you'll know what a kiwi bird They're is. Adorable. And you've seen them before and they are one of the most adorable birds, if not the most adorable bird ever. Little and fluffy balls with like no wings or butts. <laughs> I feel like it's the closest connection to a dinosaur that like, <laughs> is still alive. <laughs> You know, I said there's no butt, but you know what? I take it back. A kiwi bird is 100% butt. that butt. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a little tiny head and little tiny legs coming off that butt. Uh, and the bird is all green in this photo. And it's got that same kind of foundation look as the um, 
the brown ale did. Oh yeah, this is their like signature look, like format almost. Yep, format's a good word. So it's a tall can, but it's just a stick-on wraparound label, not a full press. Um, And it's a white can. On the right half of this can, there's the foundation logo in the white and an FB, like a a green cube or interesting Mm -hmm. like shape. The F is backwards. It's interesting. Underneath it says foundation and all lowercase brewing company. It's a really nice clean logo. To the right of that, on the top says main farms provide part of the grist used in this product, which I believe is the exact phrase that was on the brown ale. If I remember probably, yeah. Then the government warning, which whatever. Uh, then brewed and canned in Portland, Maine by Foundation Brewing Company. And then in the barcode, the barcode's not shaped like the state, but there's a cutout of the state of Maine within the barcode, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then getting about, I don't know, a quarter of the way to the left in that can, the can is split with a black line. On that black line, it says Flightless Wonder in an almost embossed black font. One pint, India Pale Ale. And to the left of that is green. <laughs> and there's a little green kiwi bird against a brighter green background. Uh, and it's, I think it's a drawing, but it's an almost photo realistic drawing of the kiwi bird, which is all green. And above that, there's the state of Maine. No, no, it's not the state of Maine. I'm sorry. It's New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a green blotch a kind of lime green blotch of new zealand and it says two row oats wheat nelson seven motueka so i like that they have the uh oats wheat and the two row on there yes for thank the you for that foundation i like that they actually describe that uh it says this is a living product some sediment may occur and then underneath that says foundationbrew.com and our can which again i think i pointed this out last time they put the date right on that front label there so January oh, okay. 21st, 2021 yep. was when this this bad boy was made. Which is interesting. It was canned way before the summertime. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even look at that date, to be honest. Interesting. Maybe they canned a lot because they knew they were going to release it to a bunch of states. Mm. And they wanted to get enough ready to go. But uh, yeah, I really like this can. The foundation cans really pop at you because of their, their cleanliness, I think. That white slash half white, half whatever the label's supposed to be, but it's kind of like the slanted slash Mm -hmm. really pops out at least to me. And like, Oh yeah. That's nice. You know, that's why, I mean, between the, the boldness of that design and the, the shades of green, that's what popped out to me on the show. There's a professionalness to this can. Oh yeah. That makes it seem like they know what they're talking about. But it's also got a cute little bird. But it's also got the cute little burb. Uh, and I, I think that that really helps sell the product as much as, you know, a super artistic drawing might. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of the other way around of being like legit. Yeah. Uh, and you may be wanting to put some attention onto it, especially if you see a couple flavors from them and being like, oh, wow, they seem like they know what uh, what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Like there, there's a couple of flavors on their website that I'm really hoping pop up at our at our store. Also, the label is very smooth. Very smooth. Oh yes, it's it's <laughs> shiny. It is shiny, and nice and smooth and laminated. Yeah, it's got a glossy label. It's nice. And that's the can. How's the beer doing? Is it still holding up? It's so good. I was kind of waiting for it to evolve a little as the temperature came down a little bit, but it has a bit. Not crazy i can and it might be because i'm getting toward the bottom of the glass i can taste the sediment now i can taste the 
I, I guess I feel more like the, it's more a little... of a grist than I, I would before. I, I don't know what grist tastes like, but I feel like it's slightly the more. The grist is your two row, your oats and your wheat, baby. <laughs> grist, a grist sounds, it's so tactile sounding to me. Grist is, to me, is like, man, that's just the grizzly, the grizzle. That's the grizzle. I'm thinking of like barbecue. Yeah. When it's the burnt kind of parts of it. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, speaking of when you were reading um, off the can, when they mentioned that the grist is reused, um, I feel like that is done a lot from breweries in the the Northeast specifically. Um, And I'm really surprised that they didn't mention that like sustainability on their website. Yeah. Usually a lot of beer companies love to tout that sustainability because hipsters love it. Everybody knows that hipsters love IPAs. I'm just kidding. I mean, kind of. I mean, hipsters like I mean, IPAs, I guess, but I'm not a hipster and I also like IPAs. Hipsters can like whatever they want. But it's usually <laughs> Pabst Blue Ribbon, let's be honest. Yeah, it really does. It just says that main, main I mean, farms provide the grist. Yeah. Some stereotypes are based in truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they don't tout that. Like, hey, we're super sustainable. Look at us. Mm-hmm. Yay. It's something to be proud of. It is pretty cool. I like when people do that. I like, um, like Magic Hat. I don't care for their beer much, but I know that their brewery is completely self-sustained. The beer they don't use goes through like a wind thing and powers the electricity for the brewery. Cool. I think that's really, really neat. Somebody's got the hiccups and for once it's not me. I drank my beer too fast. <laughs> I took a huge sip. Too much air came down. <laughs> I really enjoy that this beer also doesn't have a huge aftertaste. Yes. it. I don't it, know if I'd really want to eat a meal with it, but it could. Yeah. I feel like there's, mm, it would be lost on a lot of food flavors. I think the food would kill it. Yeah. But I don't think this would kill the food. No. So like if I ordered this. I just wouldn't be able I to ate, appreciate it as much if I was eating it with food. Yeah. Like if we went to a restaurant, we ordered mm-hmm. a drink before food, and I didn't finish that drink before food came, and I was stuck with the beer, I think the food would be fine. Yeah. But I'd lose this beer. I'd just be a little sad that I couldn't taste this as much. You'd have to take more time going, trying to get as much taste as you could out of it. <laughs> <laughs> like a pretentious beer snub. Mm, yes. Mm. Tastes like... Beer and snoot. (laughs) As we conduct a beer-centric podcast. Yes. (laughs) The irony. (laughs) Anyway, I think that's all I got. I think that's all I got. Sweet. So check out Flightless Wonder. Faux show. And based on the fact that this is our second tasting of this brewery and both beers were fucking fantastic, just check out anything you can from Foundation Brewing. Mm, I don't know. It might be a bold statement, but I'm going there. That's a bold statement. I'd need a third for proof. 
<laughs> Third time's the charm. That's we'll, right. We'll, we'll get there. All right. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackin'1open.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackin'1open, or just shoot us an email at crackin'1open at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. And you, and you, and you. And you. And me? And you! (gasps) (laughs) What else you got? I mean, you guys know what I got. I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike, where I talk about other films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, but the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love it better, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own Forgotten Gem. We're available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we're part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. (sighs) I've also got it sounds like you're trying to do like the the legal stuff at the end of a commercial. I am. Okay. <laughs> I've also got audiobooks on audible.com. Please check me out. I've got uh, Sour, Switch, Our Fucking Gangsters. I've got Coffee at Midnight. I've got The Final Girl and I've got Progressive Entrapment. They're mostly horror books, not all horror books, but I don't make a dime on them unless you buy them. So please buy these books. Please. And that's all I got. All right. Uh, well, then. Also, a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Nice.